Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, for ever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, the majesty, for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray, saints of God. Most kind, righteous, and everlasting Father, Lord, we give you thanks and praise for who you are, my God. We thank you for all the love that you have poured out on us, my Jesus. We thank you for your divine love, my God. Oh, Lord, we love you. And we know that our, the love that we have for you is a reflection of your love, my God. Oh, throughout the ages, you have been faithful to us, my God. You have been always on time. Your timing is always perfect. And my Lord, as we gather right now to study your words, my Jesus, I pray that you will touch us. I pray that you will remove every doubt from our minds. My God, I pray that you will reveal yourself unto us through your words. I pray that you will take away every distraction as we get to study your words. My Father, reveal yourself unto us, my Jesus, and let this word go forth with power, my God, to touch the hearts and the lives of your children in jesus name i pray amen welcome beloved saints of god welcome to today's message and the topic for today's message is teachings on songs of solomon right and solomon means peace which is derived from the hebrew word shalom right so we know that jesus christ is also known as the prince of peace or jehovah shalom we know all the good names that the lord has yeah jehovah shalom jehovah nisi um all beautiful wonderful names that the lord has so it is so amazing that the that solomon actually means peace right because solomon was a very powerful man in the Bible he was very powerful and he had wisdom right he asked he didn't ask the Lord for riches he asked for wisdom and because he asked for wisdom he got wisdom and everything else like when the Bible says that we should seek ye first the kingdom of God and all our hearts desires will be added unto us that is what happened to Solomon he, he asked for wisdom and the Lord gave him all the other things that his heart desires, right? So Solomon, in the book of Solomon, we see that verse 1, it says that song of song, which is Solomon's, right? Because Solomon is known for a lot of proverbs and he has, um, um, he has um, memorized a lot of songs. So this is actually a poem, right? A poem that was written by Solomon but it he wasn't speaking about himself Solomon was just the author of this book right he wasn't always speaking about he what this book is not about him to be point blank it is not about him right he's just introducing himself so from verse 2 
going down it is speaking about a, a man and a woman right so today I want to do a study on how the beautiful book of songs of Solomon where many you know many say that it was written to instruct us on our earthly marriage but I beg to differ right so this this love story is actually speaking about Jesus Christ and his bride right so I've seen where a lot of carnal interpretations have gone around this beautiful book because people have read it in their carnal mind so they came up with carnal results and they I hear people saying that it is um, they, they read it and it, it gives us the okay to do all sorts of things in our marriage bed and that is wrong I see where people is, are saying that oral sex because this they read with their carnal unclean minds and when they hear about fruits eating fruit they believe that is speaking about oral sex and oral sex is an abomination to the Lord and it is a form of sodomy and those who do that are unclean and they have no place in the presence of God how can you read from the holy book and speak about oral sex how can you gather that from from the book the holy book that was written by God everything that is comprised in this book is for our learning for our understanding so there could never lead you could never read it and come away with that understanding if the devil wasn't in your mind nothing about this book is carnal it is holy that's why it is in the Bible People say, oh, no, he's not speaking about Jesus because Jesus' name is not written in it. But God is not in the book of Esther. Yet, it is one of the most powerful book, the book of Esther. Right? They have other names for the Lord. You, you have, he's the king, he's the shepherd. All of that is in the Bible. But when we read, you know, when we read with our carnal minds, of course we're going to come away with carnal results. So when they talk about we can do, give us freedom to do anything in our marriage bed, that is, a wrong, that is wrong and that is coming from the pits of hell. The marriage bed can be defiled. It can be. The Bible says the marriage bed cannot be defiled, but it can be defiled. Just as if you have a white cloth, right, you can get it messy. So when you come up with carnal things and as a, as a way to feed your flesh, that is wrong so people have all these interpretations of the book and the church doesn't read it because they don't have the understanding of it Solomon was speaking about the romantic relationship between Christ and his church his bride so this side he wasn't speaking about himself because Solomon was not a faithful man because he had 700 um, wives right and 300 concubines but this here in this book is speaking about a man and a woman a faithful relationship so he couldn't be speaking about himself because he was a wild man he had a lot of wives but we know that the Lord is faithful he only have one wife his bride his church he gave himself for his church he died and his church was born glory to God and so that's why in the Bible it, it encourages the men yes we should submit uh, to our husband ladies but men you have a greater 
burden because each time we go we hear people say oh you have to submit you have to submit to your husband but they neglect the fact that they have to love their wives as how Christ loved the church that which one is greater <laughs> but men also should submit glory to God they always point to us that we have to submit but you men you have to love your wife as Christ loved the church what is the greatest way to show your the, the, your love for your wife is to love your wife as our Christ loved the church meaning that you can actually die for your wife because the Bible says greater love as no man than this for a friend to lay down his life for another so if you say that you want to be like Christ you have to love your wife as our Christ loved the church because he died for his wife glory to God he gave up his, his life for his church we are the bride of Christ men including it doesn't have anything to do with gender we are called the sons of God and we are called the bride of Christ so this book here that Solomon has written the love poem the songs it is about the romantic relationship between Christ and his bride okay so um, Adam it is not about marriage our earthly marriage is not about that when you want to get teachings on marriage you go into the book of um, Corinthians and all these things and the book of Acts where they will give you teachings but this is about a love relationship between two persons right but people if you say you want to include that in your marriage well you can because we we the people that read it they it have a lot of you know things that pertain to the body and all these things saints of God you have to know that the Lord uses words that are not literally at times right he uses words that are not literal at times so when you see like people see in the Bible where they speak about garden right they believe that is speaking about all sorts of no the garden whenever you read in the songs of Solomon where the, 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 the shepherd is at the garden working or pruning the garden means the heart saints of God it means the heart we know that the Lord is a husbandman is a gardener remember that when Mary Magdalene saw Jesus right and after Jesus rose Mary Magdalene was the first person who saw him and she mistaken him for her gardener our Lord is a gardener we are his garden he prunes our heart right he, he, he prunes our heart he takes care of the inside of us so that we bring forth fruit glory to God so when the Bible speaks about garden it is actually speaking about our heart is not speaking about the things that comes to our mind of of intimate intimacy between a man and a woman no it's not speaking about sex right because you have a higher love than 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 sex it is a you have higher love that has nothing to do with intimacy in that terms in physical intimacy because remember that sex is a gift yes for um, physical you know for a man and wife to get close together and also a means to bring forth children but you have a higher level of love that you can go beyond that 
But people here in their flesh, they believe that that is the closest that they can get in a relationship. No, you have a higher love than that. That doesn't involve any form of intimacy, right? So that is what is actually speaking about. So when you hear people say that, oh, Solomon was speaking about himself. He couldn't be because he had a lot of wife. He could not be. Because he, he was just a vessel used to comprise this beautiful book, right? And he has a lot of wisdom. We know that Solomon was very wise, as I said, right? And we know that wisdom is depicted as a woman in the Bible. If you read Proverbs, you will know that wisdom is a woman. Or, the, or Solomon describes wisdom is a woman right and we know that with woman you have breasts you have fertility you have all sorts of beauty where you used to describe so when people read this book now and they see breast they see neck ankles and all these things automatically they're going to believe that it is physical um intimacy they're talking about which is not saints of god breast means fertility in the bible it means a new seed which sprang from the bride. Remember that when Jesus Christ died and they pierced his side, came out, out came out water and blood, right? And from that, his, his wife was birthed. His wife came just as Adam when the Lord took his ribs, right? And from his ribs, he gave heave to, to Adam just with Jesus Christ that from his rib, they pierced his side and water and blood came out. That is how the church began. His, church, his wife began at that moment. Right? So what people don't understand is that when you hear the Bible speaks about breast, it, of course it means fertility. Of course it means a new seed. So from Christ's bride, a new seed was born. We are the seed. We are the children. That was uh, the church is the bride. So we are the new seed that came from is, is, is dying, right? So people need to understand the, the level of holiness that is in this book. When it speaks about neck, of course, it speaks about confidence in knowing who she is. He is describing his church. He is describing the church. He is describing his bride, of course. When the people don't understand that the Lord is, is a man, of course he have those feelings. Of course he's going to want to admire his bride. This is a side of, to Jesus' heart that we've never known if you don't read with understanding from the Holy Spirit. Because we don't believe that he, he needs a wife. Most people don't see that. Most people don't think that he is a king. They're not going to think that he is a husband either. So he is a husband and he have a wife, right? We are his wife. We are his bride, right? And just as how we provide, a husband provides for his wife. Of course, that's how the Lord provides for his wife, his, his wife. And how a man would have confidence and love and, and respect and all these things. That's how the Lord sees his church. So this is just the, a part of 
of the heart of our Lord where he shows us that yes you know I love my bride I love my wife she's beautiful let me show you how he describes his, his bride oh he's so beautiful he says let's see oh um, let me show you some where he spoke oh, he says that Thou art beautiful, O my love, as Terza, comely as Jerusalem, terrible, as an army with banners. Turn away thine eyes from me, for they have overcome me. Thy hair is as a flock of goats that appear from Gilead. So here the Lord is describing his bride. He says that my love, my dove, my, undefi my undefiled, is but one right she is the only of her mother so here he's telling us that there's just one wife he's not he, he, each time the lord shows us that it is not solomon that is speaking right it's not him he says he says that how beautiful are thy feet right and ankles means that it is the church is firmly planted it cannot be moved because christ is the rock these are all words that have different meaning saints of god it doesn't literally mean a naked woman that this is being described or people having sex no it is a it is a different form of intimacy here a spiritual intimacy between christ and his church so many people build they don't read it because they are wondering why is this book in the bible why he has such erotic scenes and all of that because you make it erotic it's not erotic at all saints of god if you read it with the purity of christ it is not erotic it's just a man describing the love that he describing his wife it's not erotic when he speaks about garden he's actually speaking about our hearts right he's actually working in our hearts doesn't jesus work in your heart doesn't he prune cut off all the bad edges and doesn't your heart bring forth fruit right we are called trees glory to god we are called trees in the bible says if you don't bring forth much fruit you will be cut down so why is garden a problem in the songs of solomon why does people think that is actually speaking about sex and all these things because they're carnal they're carnal you have to read with understanding and you have to read with the holy spirit we are called trees glory it, it says that a tree that doesn't bear forth fruit you know the hacks is at the root glory to god for that tree that doesn't bring forth fruit to be to be to be hewn down so why is garden a problem right breast is a sign of um fertility to feed to nurture so why is breast a problem because we think too carnal our minds are too simple that when we see breast in the holy bible we believe that it is actually speaking about that sex was created for a husband and a wife but did you know that it can be unholy to the lord perform certain ways it can be an abomination to the lord did you know that 
in the book of Exodus when, when the Lord descended on Mount Sinai and they were to go to the foot of the mountain, Moses commanded the men that they should stay away from their wives. Why? Why? Because it is an act. It, can, it, it is uncleanness. The Lord is so holy that it is uncleanness to him. I'm telling you that. Read the Bible for yourself. They commanded the men, wash yourselves and don't touch your wife that night. It is a form of uncleanness. Read the book of Leviticus. It will tell you. So the Lord would not, be, it, it, it's not about that, right? He gives us as a gift for a husband and wife to celebrate, right? And for us to draw close together physically and, you know, but for to him, it is uncleanness. You could, a priest could never do that and go in, go and minister to God. He would die. I'm telling you that. Aaron as a priest he could never do those things with his wife and then you have to you know he cannot do those things yet it is in the Bible it is a it, it, it is a gift that was given to us by God right so these words people take away with all sorts of different meaning when it speaks about the navel and all these things and the two breasts and all those things people take it away and believe that yes you know, it, it, it is a, a way of looking at their, um, their marriage and all. No, I don't. It is all about a love between Christ and his church. Remember, Solomon was great. But Christ says that a greater than Solomon is here. Right? Because all the wealth and all the wisdom that Solomon had the, was given to him by the Lord Jesus Christ. And all the wealth he had, he could not remain faithful. And look, the Lord, the Lord has everything else in the earth. Everything belongs to him, yet he only have one wife, his church. That's why he's greater. He's greater than Solomon. Glory to God. He's greater than, than Samson. He's greater than Jonah. All of them failed. Glory to God. Except all of them failed. That's why it says a greater than, than Jonah is here. A greater than, than, than Solomon is here. Why? Because they all failed. They are a foreshadow of him. Solomon was a foreshadow of him. Great king throughout the earth. But he failed. Because a man is supposed to have one wife. Glory to God. Solomon had how many? They failed. Women was the, their, their downfall. They all failed. Glory to God. Noah, um, not Noah. Jonah failed. Why? He disobeyed God and he ran away. That's why the Lord says, A greater than Jonah is here because the Lord sent him to die. Remember, God didn't send Jonah to die. He sent him to preach, yet Jonah ran away. What if he had sent him to, to, to die? <laughs> What would Jonah do? Jonah would have disappeared. The Lord God sent him to warn Nineveh. He didn't send him to die. But the Lord, the Lord Jesus was sent to die. And he came. He didn't run away, saints of God. That's why he is the greater. Glory to your name, Jesus. So when you read this book, this is the love that the Lord has for his church. He is a man. Of course, he is going to have love. Of course, he is going to want to have a, a, a bride, a wife. And throughout the ages, 
he has waited for his his bride and all the the generation the first church coming down they knew that the Lord was their Savior and their King and their God but the latter church is coming to know that the Lord is our husband and certain things cannot be done until the Lord returns it's not the Lord the Lord is not doing anything you know saints of God we have to do it he has laid the foundation we have to build the house because he laid the foundation already he came he died and he took he gave us everything that we should do and he returned right so we have to fulfill our role the church so just as how a man would get ready the venue and and pay the money and do all of that it is the bride who gets ready so she's there fitting her dress she's there making herself ready beautiful for her love right and the husband is waiting so the lord is is not we actually is waiting for the lord the lord is waiting for us to return he can't return unless we complete what we should do as his bride so he's waiting on us glory to god can you imagine throughout the ages he wants his bride glory but we are here waiting on him we have to do the job that we were given to do just as our woman have to get her dress ready and get everything ready and spotless and the husband is standing at the high waiting for her that's how it is saints of God the Lord is actually waiting so until we start to form and realize that we are the bride of the living God and we have authority because everything that a man has belongs to his wife so the world is his and we the world is ours and we have authority so until the church wakes up and know the importance and the power that we have then when the church wakes up then that is the moment and when we are going to start walking in our authority right jesus is not responsible for spreading the gospel to the four corners of the earth the bride is responsible for that the bride is responsible for getting your robe ready right she is responsible for getting her robe or dress or gown ready just as in the uh, just as in a, a, a normal wedding right and until she realized that right it's not it's not going to come the Lord is not going to come and he's not coming only to get rid of all the evil that is in the earth he's coming for his wife because his heart is longing for his wife his bride his heart is longing for her right so until we start to long for him and cry for him to return he's not going to return because each time in the in the in the in the bible here it says that don't awaken my love until he is ready so we when we start to cry out to him and say lord please come please lord we are starting to awaken the love inside of him and he will return because we are not only crying for for him to come to take us to to get rid of all the bad that is in the world we are crying to be with him so we start to awaken the love that is inside of him we start to um call up the love that is buried inside of him throughout the ages 
So as the Latter-day Church, we have that responsibility to awaken his love, right? Cry for him to return. And when that happens, you will see, you have to get close to the Lord in a romantic side to know him. He's a very romantic gentleman, I tell you, saints of God. No other man can ever compare to the Lord Jesus. None. I tell you, none. There's a song that says that I can search glory to God for all eternity and still can find none like him. None like him, I tell you. None like the Lord Jesus. I'm telling you, saints of God, when you read this book, don't read it from your carnal mind. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and it will show you the love that the Lord has for his church and how he longs to be with us. He's not, he just, he's not coming, saints of God. When he comes, he's not just coming for, to take away all the, the bad things and all of that. He wants his bride. Throughout the ages, he has waited. He wants his bride. Which man wouldn't want his, his wife, right? To be with her. To walk hand in hand and, you know, the Bible, even in Revelation, the Bible says that some of us will walk with him in white because we are worthy. Glory to God. And we'll go to the marriage supper. What do you think he's speaking about? Of course, he's speaking about his wife. But most people, they don't even see Jesus as a king. How, will, how are they going to see him as a, as a romantic person? He's actually very romantic and very loving he is. And he, has, he loved his wife so much that he died for her, purchased her with his life so that he can have her. Imagine that. And we are the bride. Imagine how beautiful that is. So start to look at yourself as the bride of Christ. Live only for him. Be faithful only to him. Right? Because as a bride, we are called to be faithful. He's faithful to us. He's not like the other men who have different wives, a thousand wives. No, he has waited throughout the ages for us until we are together, right? So you have to be faithful to him, meaning that you can run after other gods, right? You can, you can be in bed with other, with other men. You're, you're his wife. You're his virgin bride. You can be in bed with another, other men, meaning other gods, right? You can fornicate with other gods, right? You have to serve him and him alone. Right? And be a virgin bride for him. Pure. Only him. That's it, saints of God. So when you read this, it is just love between two people. The shepherd and the Sholomite. The shepherd is the Lord. Sholomite is the bride or the church. So next time you read this book, I hope that you will read it from the perspective of the Holy Spirit and don't come up with carnal ways and carnal meanings to go and sin because people have used this book to go and actually do abominations and they don't know how serious the Lord is, right? So I hope the Lord bless you and I hope that he open your understanding that you may receive this word and see it from his side. Right? Don't go away with all carnal minds now because the world is filled with carnality right now. Ask the Lord to cleanse your mind that you may see things in purity and in love. Right? May God bless you. Amen.